Yay! What's up, sunshine? Oh, man, too much sunshine. That's that's the problem. <laughs> First heat wave of the year. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I took my happy ass down to our community pool um, where I hung out with all the old ladies. It was pretty great. It was funny. Um, the pool usually has, like, pool noodles and stuff for people to borrow, but because of COVID, they're not putting it out. So this whole, like, cadre of people who come to the... Um, the water aerobics classes they've all just been getting together on a regular basis and they've all bought their own pool equipment but the problem is if you just put noodles on the side of the pool and there's children around children will take those noodles kids just gonna take your noodles they don't know what you're doing adults yeah and uh some other people at the pool got bent out of shape because the older people asked for their shit back so anyway no no throws no punches were thrown. No throws Man. were punched. Either way. <laughs> Drama at the pool. I left before things got heated. You sure did. Um, also, I'll, I'll send you a video of this. There is so much of, I, I guess it's either ragweed or milkweed, but it looks like someone blew a giant, a thousand giant dandelions Ooh. in my neighborhood. And um, I, I was very excited to see a little Eddie. <laughs> of all of these fluff balls, like yes! swirling American beauty style. Oh my God, um, yes. Which I stopped to take a video of, and then I stopped taking a video and actually put my mask on so that I could breathe uh, around these fluffy fluff balls. <laughs> in the middle of these, of, of an allergen parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, apparently that's not what gives me the itchies because I'm still A okay, but boy, one of those suckers hits the back of your uvula and you're just toast. Oh. <laughs> My mom always warned me about that. <laughs> I bet she did. <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. <laughs> How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I've been hunkering down in the AC, which is which is not Atlantic City, which is just <laughs> air conditioning. Um, fucking weird ass, weird ass week. Hmm. Weird ass week. A lot of strange things happening. A lot of people like getting sick for a day, like not COVID sick, but just whether it's an allergy or whether I personally think our immune systems are all like, whoa, what the fuck? Because now our germs have to get along with other people's germs. Yeah. And that's true. It's just, it's been a very weird week with a lot of, like, cancellations and hairpin turns and last mm-hmm. minute, like, whoa, 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 um, which is not surprising. Like, I know what the astrology is doing right now. Mercury is in retrograde and it's eclipse season. So there's just, like, it's a lot of just be patient and do what you need to do in the meantime and, like, plans are yeah. not going to work out. And Oh, everybody I've been making plans with, I've been like, just so you know. I don't, it's not that I don't want to see you. It's that I might, my, my whole everything might just might not be able to do that. Absolutely. That and I think everybody is generally pretty, pretty chill and okay with that. I mean, and also, we should have been from jump. It shouldn't have taken a, a pandemic to, to have more empathy for people who are like, oh, I'm peopled out. Like my, my tolerance for people is currently pretty damn low. Yeah, it does feel very terrible when you're the person who keeps getting canceled on, though. It does. But then maybe you shouldn't be making those plans. Like, maybe that's a sign that you should 
Like, no, that's silly. Is it? I say two thumbs down on that. Two thumbs if down. You have, if you have three people who you've been meaning to see for like months and they all three of them cancel on you on, in one week, that feels like shit. No, of course it does. What I'm saying is maybe it's the universe's way of being like, maybe no people. Oh, stay right inside. Now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nah, I think that's bullshit. I think some people are just flaky, and and that we should in Fair. general be okay with that. But like, if we're if we're all gonna say we're in a world where we're all flaky now, that's fine. If we're all mm-hmm. gonna be like, no, I'm definitely gonna be there, and then you just don't even reply. Fuck you. Oh, oh, see, I'm, yes, yes, you are correct. And also, I can't even fathom getting back into a social schedule like that. Like, I've done a couple things, and I feel great, I feel very good with them, and, like, they definitely hit my threshold. Like, wow, this many people for this long and this much friendship, that was delightful. This much friendship. <laughs> uh, this much friendship, this much family. This feels very good. Okay, great. Uh, I can be I can be done for a while. And then sure. but like I can't I cannot even wrap my head around creating multiple social dates a week at this moment mm. in time. It's too much too soon for me. Yeah. Yes. Especially parties. I have yeah. I actually went to a really good housewarming party this weekend. It was really nice. It was really fun. It made me remember that parties can be okay. But also everybody was having frank conversations about social anxiety. So it wasn't yeah. like, you know, if I was like, I have to go stand outside and this is what I would have done when I used to smoke cigarettes to escape you people for a second. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But instead I can just stand outside and fuck around on my phone and come back in when I'm ready. Right. Yay. Because we all um, fucking get it. Right. I actually did, I told uh, our friend Lauren, I was like, I know that you keep asking me about this one thing, and I'm telling you right now, I'm having anxiety about making plans because I'm looking at how many of my weekends have already gotten eaten up for the, I've said, I said yes, 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 yes to so many things, and now I have so many things going on, Um, plus the singing group's going to be getting back together, and like, all of this stuff is happening again, and... I have done that in the past where I've booked my summer solid and then not really enjoyed it. Yes, I've had to get in many, many weeks in advance in your summers. Yes. <laughs> um, what a weird day. Mm. It's a weird day. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And this is all the fucks. This is our podcast, baby. That is probably like your uh, most cringeworthy memories of you as a youth. As a tot. <laughs> a tot. God. Oh. Oh, Jennifer. Um, uh, uh, we love to regale you with stories and reminisce on all of the moments in your life that were cringy, mortifying, uh, formative, cathartic. Feels like finding an old pair of gym socks that both uh, make you wistful and also, yeesh, why did you not throw them in the wash when you found them? Ha, 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 ha. And they're like crusty and have your name mm, written into them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Sharpie. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, my old gym Yeah, socks. and you should have washed them. Instead, you sprayed electric youth on them and oh. put them back on. <laughs> Amazing.
<laughs> yes, yes. Or if you're if you're really willing to be horrific and you're a nineties kid, Sunripe and Raspberry. That oh, yeah. was the most uh-huh. egregious offender in mm-hmm. my locker room. For sure. Sunripe and Raspberry, um, Vanilla Fields mm. later on. Herc. Vanilla Fields for sure. Not a bad blend though. Oh. Let's try layering those two favorites. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Sun ripen, soggy vanilla bean. Mm. With some aquanet. <laughs> oh, God. You will appreciate, though, uh, around this time last year, fuck buddies, I looked up and secured on eBay a vintage, like, year 2000 bottle of Victoria's Secret astrological body spray. Oh, yeah. I was really jealous of that. And I got, I, you can probably find them. They've still got stores of different signs. And so I yeah. got the bottle of cancer. And um, I, so I got myself a bottle of cancer. I got a bottle of cancer. And I am, I'm wearing it right the fuck now. Yay. It's, that's it's nice. really, it's a moment in my nose. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, so we were thinking that we might talk today about influential adults that were in our lives growing up that were not our parents. Um, and I, like, you know, I joke that I was largely, I raised myself, but there were, <laughs> when I think about it, there were lots of people, lots of people in my life who were there, even if they were just there for like a titty tidbit. Um, for example, uh, I loved going to the library. No surprise when I was a kid. <laughs> and in Newport News, there was a, um, the library. It was the the Grism, Virgil I. Grism Library. Who was what? He was a, uh, he, <laughs> I know it sounds like a Garfield character, it but really um, does. It, it was an astronaut, I believe. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's um, even more ridiculous. Oh, it was near Norfolk and NASA stuff. Like there were lots of astronaut named things down there. Um, or do you just mean that it's it's ridiculous that somebody with a name like it's like, ridiculous that someone with mutton chops down that far on his face and and, and, and a bushy unibrow named Virgil chose to be okay. an astronaut. Yes. I mean, good for him. Yeah, but yeah, Wentworth Chestnut the third. Yep. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but there was uh, they always did reading contests, and if you did enough books, I think you got a Pizza Hut pizza. But also they did weekly things where they would either have somebody, they would have like a group come in and do a play or they would show a movie or whatever. And in an effort to get me out of the house and into air conditioning, we went to these a whole bunch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And the librarian, I wish I could remember her name, but she was this lovely soft-spoken woman with a, um, uh, uh, I guess, German or something around that accent. And she remembered my name and she always like complimented me and like asked me if I wanted help picking out books. Uh, and I won the guess how many gummy bears. That was the first time I'd ever heard anyone say gummy instead of gummy, but she what was German. What the fuck is that? Oh, She was no. German. That's oh, how they say it. Oh, no. What? Yeah, like, like in Hedwig. Don't you remember that? In the beginning of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. You're going like, to be very upset that I've never, ever, ever seen Hedwig in any of its iterations. That is shocking to I me. Know. I'm fully gobsmacked. I know. I we know. We should come over. We should watch it. I'll watch Hedwig with you. 
It's certainly not an that. aversion. It's right. merely uh, it's merely a an inertia thing. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's fine. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, uh, she. I don't know. I wanted to read things because I like to read, and also I wanted my free pizza. But I wanted her to be proud of me, and yes! she was really sweet. We didn't have a very big connection at all, but she had been the li- the children's librarian there for years. Oh, I feel like a dick that I can't remember her name now. I can I could draw you a picture of her. She was a very like slender lady with like her. She had very bushy um, salt and pepper hair that like looked like she had set it on vintage rollers and then brushed it out. Yes. Um. I mean, she looked. She looked like a librarian. She looked solidly like a librarian. <laughs> My mom yeah. would remember if she was still here. She would definitely remember. The first librarian I really remember was very sweet to me. My elementary school librarian was incredibly warm, and the local librarians at our school. Uh, not at our school. The local librarians in town were also warm. Um, at the first time I got a dick librarian was in high school. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever had a dick librarian. This is oh, really funny. Oh, she was such a dick. She was such a dick. Oh, you told me about her before. Did I? I remember you talking about her. Uh, Gabby did a mythology project that turned her into a monster, and our teachers got very, very angry with her, and we're like, you just don't understand her, and we're like, no, we do, but I remember getting to, getting to high school my freshman year and being like, oh boy, the library, and this woman was like, get the fuck out, shut your fucking mouth, and I was like, uh. Oh, this is not a place of warmth and learning. This oh, is no. a place of condemnation. <laughs> I want no part here. So I really chose to not go to the library because she was so mean. Mm, mm. That's so weird. I don't remember anything about my middle school library, my um, elementary school library, and her name was Trilby, and I always thought that was a cool name. That is very cute. Miss Trilby? Oh, no, Trilby was her first name. Oh! Yeah, yeah. And we got to call her by her first name. I don't know why. Well, who's going to waste that? Right? Exactly. That's <laughs> Nobody should waste that. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's delightful. I, I adored my kindergarten teacher. She was so, so sweet. Um, I, I mean, she must have, like, been in her 20s. And I was like, oh, people who are not as old as my mom and who are also very nice. Um, yeah, that was that was always an interesting thing where you were like, "Are you a teenager or a grown up?" Yes, <laughs> yes. In fact, I uh, I used to babysit a little girl when I was in college, and she was three at the time. And her mom was I don't know, her mom was maybe in her late thirties, and mm-hmm. I was like nineteen, and I was I was making lunch for the little girl. And she was like, I'm three, but mommy's a big girl. And I said, well, how old do you think mommy is? And she goes, oh, she's a really big girl. Maybe six. (laughs) I was like, yeah, mommy's definitely six. You nailed it. Good job, Lily. So cute. It was really cute. She was precocious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she was very precocious. She was, oh, yeah, she was, hmm. Kind of a tough personality, but she was very precocious. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, but but the first the first really really uh, beloved 
people who were not my mom to me were my teenage babysitter, Ashling, who was, who could do no wrong ever. She still can't. Ashling, I, you are my mentor for life. Um, She was eight years older than me, maybe? Five? Mm. She was in eighth grade when I was five. So she's 13 when I was five. So she, yeah, eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. And she was the pinnacle of cool, the pinnacle of, of, of beautiful and imaginative and fun and warm and so kind. And she would let me drink ginger ale at night. And then she would let me slightly con her into a, a, lo- a later bedtime. And <laughs> <laughs> because she was... 13 and a child even though to me she felt like such a grown-up right we we would go pick her up at her house in town and when we went to her house i was allowed to go inside and hang out with her parents and even though ashling was only yay (laughs) (laughs) i loved her the way you said get to it was just very funny (laughs) no but it's so true that's why i'm saying it because Ashling was first generation American, if even that. Like, she did not have an Irish accent. But Ashling's parents, who were old parents, if I remember correctly. Mm. Oh, I don't know if she was like the surprise or uh-huh. if maybe there was like a different family structure that was obscured. But the people who the, who she lived with who were referred to as her parents were grand grandparent-like. And they had thick Irish brogues, and they were so warm and Yay. so loving and so sweet. And I was like, is this the Shire? Like, <laughs> Amazing. Fucking loved Ashling's parents, loved Ashling even more. And I got a surprise one year, maybe by the time I turned 13, or maybe I was a bit younger. Ashling was in college, so... Yeah, I guess I could have been 13. I could have been 13, uh, maybe a little younger. I was surprised one day when uh, my parents dropped me off at her parents' house, and they put me in the car, and we all went to, I think, Newark. I think she might have been at, like, Rutgers, Newark or something. And we went to their theater, and I sat down, and Ashling was starring in The Mad Woman of Shiloh. Oh, my God. Do you know the Dar Williams song, The Babysitter? No. Jennifer! I cannot... We have to... I feel like we should stop and listen to this song. It's all about a little girl and how cool her babysitter is. And then she gets to go see her in a play. Shut the fuck up! That is my life! And she's like... She's like... And the play was called The Unicorn. And... My babysitter was the unicorn, so that means my babysitter was the star of the play or something like that. My babysitter was absolutely the star of the play. She fucking killed it. She fucking (laughs) killed it. And I think, I can't remember, I think after she left college, she went to a convent because she was like, I'm going to be of the cloth. And then she decided no. Um, And then she became a lawyer. Huh. Ashley wow. has been a lawyer for virtually all of her adult life, but she was magnificent in her play. I believe she got a theater degree. She was incredibly formative. So even though she wasn't a grown-up, she always felt like a grown-up, and she was always yeah. my fucking hero. 
That's so cool. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite. I didn't have babysitters really. Um mostly because my sister was 11 years older than me, so she just had to watch me most of the time. <laughs> um other people's there I definitely was like friends with other people's parents. I love that part in um uh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Is it is it meaty? <laughs> Where she talks about being friends with everybody's parents. Yeah. Um, I was definitely like, like, I remember multiple times, like during sleepovers where I would, I would wander off and like watch TV with whoever's mom was drinking a giant bottle of like Rossi wine out of a jug. Oh my God. (laughs) Especially the moms of meaner girls. Oh, I don't, I really did not go to mean girls' houses that I can Um, remember. We were in such a small town that the mom, that a lot of the moms a lot of the moms didn't work. Uh, it was a lot of single income families, like well off, but single income. So a lot of stay at home moms, tons. And um, they were very often chaperoning or volunteering or like did cafeteria work or were in Girl Scouts or like whatever, whatever. So a lot of people knew these kids' moms because they were in the school regularly. And uh, I have, I had more than two bullies, but I had two really notable ones. And I don't know if I, I must have met one of them. I must have met her mom, but I don't remember her very well. But the other one, her mom, her mom was like fucking, like if I could cast a girl to play her mom, I would cast Blake Lively, frankly. She was just this golden beam of sunlight, very Goldie Hawn-like. Okay. Very Goldie Hawn, very like just beautiful and affable and warm and nice to everybody and like flirty and you could tell that she had been as she had lived so much life before she had like all these kids uh-huh. <laughs> all these beautiful children and one of them was such a fucking asshole oh, um, oh no uh, but uh, this mother was so sweet and so I definitely felt like I definitely felt a a, a calm sense of like yeah, I feel good about you being my bully when I'm busy hanging out with your mom. Ah, that's really funny. <laughs> oh my god, ridiculous! But I did. I if I if I was a if I was afraid of or or um just did not like a kid, but their mom was around. Like nine times out of ten, their mom was really sweet, and I was like, oh, oh, also. I joined basketball because the coach was my crush's mom. And so I wanted to, I figured that was the best possible way to get in was to That's poorly hilarious. play bas- so poorly play basketball throughout the horror that was seventh grade while I hung out with his mom. And I think, I carpooled with them, too, because she lived close by. So uh, I was, like, in her minivan a bunch. And I was like, you look like your son, because that's not a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh. That is wonderful.
wonderful and terrible. I definitely played the parent angle regularly. That's and I was nothing. Super good at it. Nothing makes somebody want to date you more than you being <laughs> friends with their mom. Dude, only child for real. Also, it's just so <laughs> easy for me. Yeah, I get that. So I get fucking that. easy. Yep. That's Kids were really not funny. easy at all. <laughs> um, another person who was also a friend's mom, but like definitely someone who I had a relationship with on my own, um, was my friend Roxy Hogg lived up the street and her mom, ooh, Carolyn, Carolyn. Hey, hold on. What, what, what? Roxy Hogg. Yeah. I need to know if this is a persona or a children's book character or an actual hog named Roxy. <laughs> no, no, no. No, H O G G E. Come on. And uh, <laughs> I mean, she and I were quite a pair because my last name legally is a body part. Um, <laughs> so we were we were definitely very popular. Um, <laughs> but Roxy was uh, is still like just a lovely person. We we grew apart, but there was nothing never anything bad that happened just you know growing up um she lived down the street from me and she her mom was the only like businesswoman that I knew like she was a I don't know what she did she also sold Mary Kay but that wasn't her main thing she worked in an office somewhere um and she was also like the first the first fat woman that I got to be around who was pretty and had, like, I, I, she, that's not true. I'm sure that I was around other fat women who are pretty. I was very much around this woman a lot. She mm. was professional. She was caring. She was loving. She was cute. She was funny. She was super smart. Um, and it was significant to me, not that I had formed a specific thought about what fat people are like, but everybody had been making fun of me since I was a child, and it made me feel very comfortable to be around her. Mm-hmm. It was re- it was such a nice positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she was also my Girl Scout leader for quite some time. Oh my god, amazing! Uh, and she was she was so cute. She would say. Um, she would say needy keen instead of peachy keen. If you had good news, she'd be like, oh, needy keen. Roxy Hogg said needy keen. No, no. Her, her mom's mom. name was Carolyn. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. They were so cute. That sounds so great. I, read, I saw my, I read my first dirty books at Roxy's house. She would steal nice. them from her mom. Oh, my God. Amazing. Similarly, um, I had a friend I, I, uh, I liked this friend's mom. She, her mom was a little hipper, a little cooler than my parents, a little sus- a little less suspended in the 70s. She was, like, closer to, you know, like, 80s, listened to Bon Jovi. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, the, you're a cool mom. Oh, yeah. Cool moms were something else. Yeah. She was a cool mom, which... I mean, my mom is actually a cool mom, which I can say to you here in the year of our fucking TikTok, not in 2021. But, um, uh, you know, she was just like, she was hipper with the times, watched like contemporary TV that wasn't Cheers. And, um, 
And her best friend was a real broad. She was a real good time gal. And my mother had no broads in her friend circle. My mom had no good time gals in her friend circle. <laughs> oh, so my this mom was didn't a, either. A, a brashy, brash, brassy, um, people who wear lipstick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, I knew no one like that. And so yeah. my friend's mom would have her best friend Robin over sometimes. And when Robin came over, I, I got to tell you, she looked like Lainey Kazan. She Cute. was fat. And pretty and like wore blue eyeshadow and fuchsia <laughs> lipstick and teased her hair up to the sky with a giant pink scrunchie in it. And <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you a moment here with like a fucking dicky and a flannel plaid shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There was so much of that. Wow. And stirrup leggings. But she mm-hmm. was the height of cool. And Rob, when Robin was around, Robin, I guess, was maybe a little bit younger than my friend's mom. And I was fascinated by sure. this this picture of womanhood, and I was like, "Who this? You fun? Wait, why you why you fun friend? Why you have loud colors? Why you listen Bon Jovi? Like, it, it was very exciting to me yeah. that 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 an adult would look like that and behave like that and laugh like that, and we actually have pictures of her over at like a party and I just remember being like Robin is the cool and her name was Robin in like 1993 which was remarkable yeah that's a very cool name that's a very very cool cool name name. um (laughs) and that was she was kind of formative in terms of like oh my god I want to be her I want to be like that that's amazing that makes me excited to be a grown-up yeah that's so interesting Oh, man. Yeah, I did. We there were not a lot of glamorous adults. And my mom was older than the other moms um, because my sister was 11 years older. So it it was a little bit weird with that. And she, you know, my mom had people who she talked to, but she didn't have a whole lot of other mom friends that she was close to. And I'm just trying to think about like. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not like everybody's moms were haggard, but like. (laughs) No, right. But like, yeah, someone who. Was not around cool moms. Sure, sure. The performing of femininity wasn't. Right. Yeah. Which you can't say and not sound drunk. The performing of femininity. Performing of femininity. (laughs) Yeah, I think mine just became feminine. (laughs) Also. My fucking Girl Scout camp counselors. Oh. There was nothing that I could want more when I was, like, under the age of 10 than to grow up to be just like my Girl Scout camp counselors. Oh, yeah. Which was, mm, in hindsight, doing great. Um, right. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, like there was the there was such a mystique because talk about cool fun names at Girl Scout camp. All the counselors chose their own. They picked fun different names, names. right? Yeah. So my like, favorite one chose the name Jinx, and then I used that later on when I was yes, <laughs> yes, Jinx and Oatmeal and Magoo and Pooh Bear and Tigger and like yeah, everybody had a usually like a fictional character, and. 
That was the coolest thing I could ever conceive of. They all had friendship bracelets. They all had clipboards with collages on them and inside jokes. (laughs) Clipboards are, they really do represent something. It's very funny. (laughs) They do. So much so that I bought one when I was 13 or in high school and I decoupaged it and I still have it to this day. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, huh? I still use that shit. Nice. <laughs> Even though I God. never lived my actual dream of becoming a Girl Scout camp counselor. <laughs> you know, it's never too late. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> uh, um, in the in the realm of not people's parents' world, um. There was, um, we had an associate pastor of our church whose, whose name was Becky. And she was so, she was fascinating to me. She was like, I mean, she was married to a guy, but she had kind of a butchy vibe to her. Um, she had like a shag haircut at a time when people weren't necessarily doing that. And she had a very wide, very welcoming face she talked to, I think that she started at my church before I was a teenager and then she was also there into my teenage years. So I was around, I was around her a good deal. Um, and then she got, oh, maybe it was middle school, but she got more involved in our youth group, um, when I became a freshman. Um, and our youth group had like, you know, churches go through cycles when it when there's stuff like that, like sometimes there'll be like a, a, a really big group of sophomores. And then when they all graduate, then all of a sudden you have a youth group that's like really weird slim pickings. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so we had just had a bunch of seniors graduate. And so I was coming into a youth group class where there weren't, there, there weren't a whole lot of people. And so I like started dragging my friends to youth group because I really liked my church and I really liked this pastor and I really liked the other people who were doing the youth group stuff. And I'm a joiner when it comes to that kind of crap. Like a man, boy. Yes. I love a retreat. I love a Bible study. Like even right now, I'm still, I have so many issues with so many things about religion, but I love a Bible study. I like, I like sitting thoughtfully thinking about like philosophy. That is, that is appealing to me with, with possibly some crystal light lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, she was, I remember I came to her with, um, I had just found that dirty part of the Bible where everybody's talking about sex. <laughs> so, uh, uh, song oh yeah, songs, we wrote I think that. It is. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we use that at our weddings. <laughs> um, and it was, she talked about it in a way that I thought was both, um, uh, diplomatic in case we went back and we were like, mom, this is what Becky said about this. Um, but it was like diplomatic, but also it was very open-minded. I thought, Mm -hmm. and she was like, God gave you your bodies. Why wouldn't he want you to enjoy them? And I was like, oh, Uh, what I should have said was because everything else in the Bible tells you not to. (laughs) Absolutely. Because of all the things that were written after that. Right. That's not even, that was all Apostle Paul. But, um, uh, yeah, I really, I really respected the hell out of her and I could tell that she respected us. And that was such a rare thing in a grown up. 
who would just sit and talk to you like you were a person. Mm. I really loved watching adults find out that I was funny. That was because oh, that, that's so good. I because as a, an adult mm. now, yeah, when you're around, if you could bottle like, that shit. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's crack, crack. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like right now when I'm whenever I'm around uh, like a teenage or even younger, because so, some kids are really funny at eight. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some kids are just so old for their age and so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching adults see that and realizing that they could let down their like oopy doopy voice or whatever. <laughs> um, it's the best. Yeah, that was really good. Um, there was also one lady at my church who I was interested in doing a, a a teen newspaper thing in Williamsburg, which was far enough away from my house that it was far. Uh, and I really wanted to be part of this. And my mom was like, our car is made of garbage. So you're going to have to get someone else to drive you. And I was like, I am 14. <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? So she wound up asking this lady who was in her circle and who, now that I'm thinking about it, might have had Parkinson's. And I'm not sure if that affects how you drive or not, but she didn't seem oh, like an unsafe driver. Definitely. It definitely does. I can say that for sure. Well, now I'm questioning all of this then. Because that's a weird thing to do, to be like, I found you a ride. <laughs> Hope everybody makes it. Um, she definitely had something that made her voice wobble. And she was huh. older. Um, she was at least, she was at least in her mid-60s. And I okay. didn't really have much to say to her, but she was very nice. And we would chat a little bit in the car, and she drove me there and back for like two months. I want to say, wow, yeah, I don't, Aww. I don't know why, I don't know why she did that, but I was very grateful. It was a really like, it was something I really wanted to do, and it was really fun, and it was something I picked to do instead of something my mom was like, "You have to do this," because I said so. <laughs> yes. Oh. I, um, I, there's a bucket as well that you will appreciate of like people who I was always, uh, enamored of and very impressed by. And it, it was combination of jazzercise instructors. Yes. Yes. And cruise ship directors. (laughs) Male and female. And let me tell you what I think back so fondly I on my this. favorite late um, uh, jazzercise instructor because my mom took me to jazzercise with her from like the time I was uh, eight through mm, high school, basically. Oh my God. So you're a mm-hmm. jazzercise pro. I mean, I was. And then I was still fat. And I was like, it not working. So my body is my body. But mm-hmm. I loved jazzercise and I love the energy that's brought to jazzercise. And I love, yeah. I love, uh, I, this woman, Diane, was so great. She, on it, she looked like Susie Orman. And she was like Susie Orman if Susie Orman taught aerobics. Oh, and my word. So warm, so affirming, so friendly, so into the music that she chose. She was so fun and she was so sweet to this, like, fucking 10-year-old kid who was, like, <laughs> all these women in their 40s and me. And so she was always so lovely. And I was like, I want to do that thing. But 
not exactly that thing. I just want a microphone and to be that charismatic. <laughs> yes. So I have yes. the microphone. I, I have the microphone. The, I will skip the jumping around in leotards and the uh, oh my very God, likely yeast infections also, that ensued. Oh, barf. But I was also so jealous of how of how rad their outfits always looked. Oh, too, yeah. You know? Oh, my oh, God. sure. And, um, and then cruise directors were... Oh, did I mean we're so warm and mate they're doing their job well they made you feel like they knew you and right. then you, you don't of course as an adult you're like you do your job very well but as a kid you're like oh my god you know me and <laughs> I remember I remember these cruise directors being incredibly warm and friendly and charismatic and amazing hosts and always looking amazing and being really friendly and energetic and having a microphone and uh, and and being very sweet to me. And I was like, I'll, I definitely want to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to be a cruise director, too. But I, that was before Ooh, I had be ever been so good on at a cruise. It. Oh, yeah. Can you sure. imagine if we tag team? Oh, my God. Cruise directed. That's so, that's so good. I'm crying. That's like I'm so, so good. I want that to happen. <laughs> I, I don't think I realized that you guys were cruising. You were a cruising family. Yeah. Well, my parents. Um, my parents were comfortably upper middle class and got probably I don't know three weeks of vacation time with their full time jobs that people like us don't even have access to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only had me. So we went on vacation vacations mm-hmm. and. Cruises were about half of them. Really? And I fucking love a cruise. Oh, yeah. Same. I love a cruise. Same here. I, I like don't know how all... much I'll love a cruise moving forward, but right. I very much I like the camp structure mm, concept so of, good. Yes. of all of it. Like I, li- oh. I like, I like stupid games with people I've never met. I like, you know... Coming to dinner and being like, "Oh, what is it tonight? What are you we do, doing?" You're a good joiner. You're a really good joiner. Yeah, I'm a good joiner. Um, I'm not yes. a good joiner with everything. Some things I'm like, "Please do not look at me." <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, that's really cute that you were specifically. Oh my god, that whole bucket of all of those people, I was like, "Yes, these, these are my. This is who I'm supposed to grow up to be." And I mean, basically, you know, got there. Uh, <laughs> essentially. I also, in that vein, so as I grew more aware of like, oh, I really like, I like perform, I like singing, I like dancing, I like pretending, I want to do this for people. When I was in fourth grade, this woman is the fucking shit for her whole life. My teacher, first of all, Mrs. Jones was, I think, the youngest teacher I had ever had. Mm. Um, she was very likely in her 30s, and it was fourth grade, so I'd had some, I'd had older female teachers, um, a couple who were, like, grandmotherly, and Mrs. Jones was fun. She was, like, a current mom to a kid that was not that far beneath our class, Mm -hmm. and... She was also into community theater, which is something I didn't even fucking know existed. So then I learned that my teacher can sing and can dance and does musicals. And she's beautiful. Oh, she's beautiful and magnanimous and had, like, really great hair and... um, (laughs) Was definite, was easily everybody's favorite teacher all the time. 
always, always. And then when I was in eighth grade, our school started a talent show that I presume continued on, but we had never had a talent show before. And we finally mm-hmm. had one that anyone was allowed to do, any student, any of their parents, mm. and the faculty. And, wow. and Mrs. Jones fucking t- brought the house down when she sang Don't Rain on My Parade. Oh, my word. That's so great. She was magnificent. And it was also, like, it was a talent show that I did, so it was the first time I, like, came out as, like, I sing. And and that was the first time I ever got kind of any acknowledgement from a lot of people. It was the first time my parents were like, oh shit, she's talented. And it was the first time that my bullies shut the fuck up and were like, well, we guess Putin's not a total loser. (laughs) Uh, So I enjoyed a little bit of respite from my bullying for a while. So that was just a magnificent time. But then to like come off of that adrenaline high of singing in front of all these people that I was like, fuck you, this is what I can do, thanks for not believing in me. <laughs> and then coming to sit in the audience with like my eyes like saucers and my nose running. Hmm. Um, and to watch Mrs. Jones do that, she was fucking awesome. And then I learned that uh, my classmate, someone whom I remember very fondly um, and who, w- who just could not have been a more wonderful and accomplished girl like she she played the drums like really 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 well that's hot she was a drummer when we were nine and yeah yeah she was like a really good drummer and i don't know how that happened but she was that was when she moved to our town so wherever she came from that's cool as hell and her parents, I think, were both professors, so they were both, like, absent-minded and brilliant, and she and her sister were both fucking crazy talented and very, very smart, and she ultimately became a doctor and I think was, like, our salutatorian, whatever, whatever. Anyway, Jess Cash, so cool. And she did community theater with Mrs. Jones and was, like, in fucking Oliver and shit, and I was like, whoa, 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 kids can do this? What what do you mean you, like, go to a playhouse? Uh, That's the only thing I can ever think about when I'm not thinking about directing cruises. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, God, I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So many dreams. Oh, I, um... I don't know what made me think of this, and I think I might have told this story before, but... When I was in high school, um, this lady who was the mom of the boy that I had a a terribly painful crush on in first grade. And then, like, Mm. he wasn't really part of my life after that. Like, he was kind of around. um, He wound up marrying uh, a girl who went to church with me. Um, And they're lovely and have a bunch of kids. And they're cute. Uh, But I had no – I had little to no contact with him in high school. And then I don't remember if Jimmy was like, hey, my mom wants to talk to you about this thing or if she got in touch with me somehow. But um, Mrs. Hunter was doing a Just Say No rally. uh, And she was like, oh, I remember that you have a really nice voice. Um, I would like you to sing for all of these like elementary school kids at this rally. And it's this it was the Just Say No song at the time, um, (laughs) which is something like, um, 
Just say no, just say no. The answer is so easy, see. My friends, it's up to you and me. Something. And at some point it was like, if we stay strong, then we can win. Just say no. And then you got all the Remind kids singing just say no. what you're saying no to. Uh, drugs. Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering what we're winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the war on drugs. It's arguable. <laughs> no, it was all, it was, you know, propaganda. All oh, propaganda. God. But also, like, I was very straight edge, and I did not drink, and I did not do drugs. Yeah, of and course. I was, like, the perfect person to do that, to instill For these. sure. To make children sing about not doing A drugs. A lamb of the Lord. <laughs> I really was. You sure were. I've seen those praise pictures. Such a fluffy one. Yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> that lives rent-free in my mind, by the way. <laughs> so good. With my little cross made out of horseshoe nails. Oh, my God. So I, I presume that this was something that she drove me back and forth to because I had to learn the song. And I didn't fuck it up. I learned all the words. That was something I was very good at doing was not remembering words to things which has carried on into my adulthood. <laughs> but I did fine. I mean, I remember feeling like I did a great job. Um, and uh, I remember I was talking with her in the car because I think I had just snuck off and gotten my ears pierced on a choir trip, and my mom was mad about it, and I guess I talked to her about it. Mm-hmm. And then as a as a thank you for for doing the performance, she bought me a pair of pierced earrings. And I thought that that was the sweetest thing. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. It was so cute. It was so cute. And my mom was so mad. Oh, she wasn't mad at Miss Hunter. Um, she was mad at me. Of course, for accepting them. Or whatever. autonomy. Yeah. Or for liking someone. <laughs> oh, wow. That's absolutely true. I, right? I mean, that's the real pith of it, isn't it? <laughs> You liked another adult. Fuck you. Yeah, she really didn't like that. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> oh gosh, who else? Um, Mrs. Jo- um, someone I, I mean, I, I adored so many of my teachers in high school, and they were very parental for me for sure. Um, it goes without saying, but someone who I haven't talked about. And who's a great example of this, like, we're so used to, like, kids or the people who are our parents' ages and then being parents slash teachers who are authority figures. But, like, people in their 20s, like, we're not around. We're not around them. We're not even exposed to them. And so then it's like, well, I guess I could grow up and take things very seriously like my mom Oh, or I could do this. You know what it makes that what makes me think like if I could have a poster child for what you're describing, it would be Nymphadora Tonks from the Harry Potter books. For sure, yes, yes. Tonks is absolutely a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, and so like someone that came out of left field to me was a woman who started. Uh, she started as an English teacher in high school. In my senior year. So she was brand new. And she had just graduated from college. So she just got her fucking bachelor's. So she's like 22 years old. Right. And I'm 17. Uh Uh-huh. So she was definitely more of a peer than anything else. And she was um, lovely. Uh, 
Emily Roche, Emily Roche, Miss Roche. And uh, when she became an English teacher, she also took over the theater department. So, like, all of a sudden we had a someone teaching theater arts. Fine. And uh, we had someone, like, reliably directing the plays and musicals as opposed to basically farming it out, which we had done. Mm-hmm. And she was so – she was a kid – and so warm and so sweet and so fun and so goofy. And she definitely still is. Like, we're Facebook friends. I've, she, it was 2001, and she met a guy on, like, what were people using? Uh, meet, what did we call Friendster? it? Match, Match.com, oh, maybe? Okay. Or whatever, whatever the thing was. I said Friendster. (laughs) I mean, this is pre-Friendster, so yes. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, 2001. I think it was pre-Friendster. Friendster Friendster didn't exist until I was in college. Uh, So yeah, so she went, she met this guy on the internet and we were like, oh, a guy on the internet, that's weird. (laughs) And then they went on a date and then they went on another date. And we were like, okay. And then me and a bunch of my friends were basically like singing at her wedding a year later. They are still married. They've got uh, two or three kids. Anyway, she was so warm and fun and uh, and vibrant, full Mm. of life. And she ended up she ended up writing a number of us theater weirdos, um, recommendation letters for college. And then she wrote, she wrote one for me. I will read it sometime. I'll find it and I'll read it. And it starts with, Jen Ponton is a problem. But the way it unfolds is like, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Oh my God. It's so sweet. That's the most adorable. It's so fucking adorable. It's so sweet. Should I find it right now? Sure. Yes. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. You're going to enjoy this. Okay. Original letterhead. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's all tattered and shit on the bottom because it it. was in my backpack, I'm sure. Dear sir or madam, Jennifer Ponton is a problem. In her very veins flows a constant energy stream, a melody that moves through her so many classes, activities, responsibilities. And underneath, the tune and the words must resonate with Rogers and Hammerstein's famous song from The Sound of Music. Jennifer Ponton is the cloud that cannot be pinned down. She is the wave dancing on the sand. She is a problem, in short, for which there is no solution. How do you solve a problem like Jen Ponton, the student whose face never tires if smiling, the actress who never ceases to evaluate each performance, the morning announcer whose voice booms out over the intercom for 1,400 half-asleep students, good morning, Phillipsburg High School? How do you solve the problem she creates with her contagious enthusiasm that spreads in its wake Motivation for apathy, humor for boredom, virtue and honor for selfish gain. In laughing, working, and learning with Jen, I have found the answer. The greatest joy lies in the fact that there is simply no way of solving her. She is a constant energy flow, 
She will always be concerned about giving her utmost in the theater and in academics, and she will always throw herself wildly into her singing performances, into assignments and projects and other people's hearts. (laughs) Jen is a lover of speech, of theatrics, of literature, of self-made fashions, (laughs) of children, of silly phrases, and of encouragement, and she never allows any one of these elements to remain in isolation. She incorporates her loves so wholly into her daily living that the whirlwind of her exuberance, her spontaneity, and her dedication can seem overwhelming, unbelievable, rather like a problem. She cannot be pigeonholed, categorized, or explained because she never seeks to bolster her own image or reputation. She is too busy bolstering others. If your foundation, fund, or institution is in the business of pinning clouds down, of catching waves upon the sand, of solving problems like Jen, then she is not the student you ought to endorse. If, however, you can find the joy in the unsolvable, as I have as theater director slash advisor to Jennifer Ponton, then you will find it a privilege to support her unparalleled talent and her unending love for life. You will not hold the moonbeam in your hand. You will give it a place to shine. Sincerely, Emily J. Roche. Oh my word, I am actually crying. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of, I mean, nobody wants to write those letters. Nobody she wants to write did. those letters. How many times have you asked, have you asked someone for a recommendation and they say, you write it and then I'll sign it? Oh God, is that what actually happened? Oh, a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe oh, not in high awful. school specifically, but like after maybe, that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe oh. I'm boring to write about, but <laughs> no, definitively not. No, but I, you know what? And I think, I think part of that was she, her personality, mm-hmm. and just like an actual love for for us. Uh, but. I'm sure part of that had room to grow because she was 22, sure. and it was her first job uh-huh. job yeah, she as a teacher. Got tired of that after a while. I mean, I'm thinking that's likely. Although she was always for for the years that followed, she was very beloved. And I think I don't know if she teaches anymore or if she like became a stay at home mom because she has like three kids. But um, those were all so unique and beautiful and personal. And clearly, I kept and it's got it's got pencil across it that says not final copy so who knows what her final copy was but (laughs) she gave me that draft i love it isn't it crazy i also forgot that you were the morning announcements oh i didn't (laughs) no i love it i sure did not no that was that was super fun super fun oh this was great this, this was great. Me, this made me miss people. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool that um, adults were accessible and inspirational and aspirational, and it's cool to mm-hmm. be that adult to to kids of all ages. And yeah, I did. I did enough. Uh, I did enough teaching of theater class type things that there's, there's gotta be at least, I mean, if I can remember by name at least five or six of the kids, I'm pretty sure they remember me too. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
And then there's all the kids that I'm sure find you online and are like, fuck, she's so rad. Oh. Oh, you mean not people from my past who find me. I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was actually the very first um, the very first message that I got after my TED Talk um, blew up was from, a, like, a 14-year-old girl. Oh. Doing. Uh, that was great. Do you have any recommendations? Um. Uh, yes, this is a throwback, and it's going to polarize y'all, and that's okay. I'm here to tell you that HBO Max is streaming Clifford, and now that uh, not the Big Red Dog, the 1994 release starring Martin Short and Charles Grodin and Mary Steenburgen. Yes. Yes. Ah! <laughs> R.I.P. Charles Grodin. R.I.P. Charles Grodin! No one has ever loved anyone the way that he loves Miss Piggy. That is the passion we should all be searching for in life. Yes, but with better hair. (laughs) With better hair? I have a hard time looking at his hair. Fair. But God, he's just the fucking best. I want to say Midnight Run is also maybe on HBO Max. It's somewhere, and I've never seen it, but it's... Uh, hailed as like one of his he stars in it he and De Niro uh, star in Midnight Run and that's hailed as a as a career high but like fuck Charles Grodin was just the king of exasperated deadpan angst yeah and and Richard Kind is in it both Richard Kind and Charles Grodin are in Clifford and they're yelling at each other and they're both yelling they're not yelling at each other. They are both yelling. And it's just, look, if you've never seen it, it's a fucking trip. It's banana pants. And I, to me, it is one of my favorite films of all time. It is ludicrous. And it's so mm, strong recommend. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, I, this, uh, this just made me think of this. I feel like I might have mentioned this before. Uh, gosh, I haven't been listening to a lot of storytelling podcasts. I should get back into that. Ooh, I so, haven't been listening to much of anything. Richard Kind. Yes. In 2013, did a moth story called <gasps> I Don't. So if you just, if you just, if you just Google Richard Kind engagement Thank story, you. it, it oh pops right God. up. Yes. It is truly gut-bustingly hilarious, but also very yeah. tender and sweet. That's him. Mm-hmm. That's him. Ah, I love that. Thank you. I love Richard Kind in literally anything. In fact, he's one of the people that I can vouch is like one of the most down-to-earth, loveliest, kindest actors. I've had a couple of premieres, and he's been at them, not because of me. Um, Amazing. Uh, but at Tribeca, at Tribeca Film Festival, and he's been there for my premieres. And every time he sees me, he's like, you are very good. And I was like... Thank you, Richard Kind. Oh, my God. I love you, Richard Kind. <laughs> you were very good. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, just a fucking joy. Such a fucking joy. I love it. So I would like to recommend that. I would also like to recommend if you can get your ass into a swimming pool. Um, mm. I had the best time, and it made me feel at least somewhat hopeful that I might enjoy moving my body again because I have been yeah. very feeling not like doing that at all. I've been feeling yeah. like finding new parts of my couch to sit on. Sure. I have been feeling... You do have a very good couch. It is a good couch. That's part of the problem. Mm. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
I'm looking forward to doing more of that, even though it's going to ruin my hair, but it's fine. Whatever. That's why we have more conditioning colors. That's why, And we have more hair. <laughs> and more hair. It does, by the way. It mostly keeps growing. I got my hair done by my stylist at her house for the first time since a million years ago. Oh, yeah. She made it look so good. She refreshed my highlights real hardcore. And within four days, I dyed it pink again. But, ah. you know, I mean in, a, like, a good way. Not in a sure. I ruined it way. Just in yeah. a, my hair is now light enough to take the pink even better. Yay! I can't really see. It just looks blonde right now. But is it just the, is it the ends? Oh, I see. This Cute. is, like, baby cotton candy pink. Yeah, it's tinted, I like it. And then it... And then it goes into a stronger, full-color pink throughout the ponytail of it. That's nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yay, congrats. Yay, thanks a lot. Um, Fuck buddies, not this week, but very, very soon, we're going to be together together again. And not only will you get to hear our dynamic while we're actually sharing space with each other, but also we're going to be doing an Instagram live of basically... Us. The, sh- the show, yeah. Of the show. show. The show. We're going to set up our phones and we're going to record and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, heads up, look out for that coming at you in, uh, in the coming weeks because fuck yeah. All right. Yay. I love you so much. I love you. This was great. This was great. Um, love you, fuck buddies. Stay cool. Yeah, please. <laughs> have, a, have a nice summer. <laughs> Bye. Bye.